0: You're listening to the Choose to Be podcast with hosts Alana Gordon and Amy Wolsey. As you join us each week, we will provide you with tools, resources, and knowledge to help you navigate your healing journey. Choose recovery, choose healing, choose you.
1: Welcome to the Choose to Be podcast. Thank you all for hanging out with us today and joining our conversation we are answering a listener's question today, and it's, gosh, it's a good one. We love this question, and we see this come up a lot. The
0: question is, on, I'm going to have you read it. The question is, and I don't have it in front of me, but in essence, and it's from a partner who betrayed his partner, from a man who betrayed his partner. He asked, I keep doing all of these nice things for her. I'm helping in all of these different ways. Why can she not accept it? And why is it not helping? And we thought this is such a good episode to tackle for for both sides of it, because it can be confusing as the betrayed partner of he's doing these nice things. He's helping with the kids more. He's taking out the trash without being asked. He sees when I'm having a hard day and he's bringing home dinner. He's doing these things, yet I still find myself really angry with him or I feel myself still pushing him away or I feel really distant. And so that we can wonder like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I accept it? And sometimes with the person who has betrayed, they're going, I'm doing all of these good things. And they literally, like, I, can t- I can't tell you how many sessions I've had with men who literally give me the list. I do this and I do this and I've done this and this and this and this and this, and it's not working. And why can't she see that? Why can't she accept it? And so this is really, really common, it coming up. And I also wanna be really clear as we tackle this that for the person who has betrayed, I do see the effort that they're really trying to put in. I want to validate that effort. And then we're about to spend a whole episode on why it won't work. Yeah, like you are trying. This is if I have the the person who has betrayed listening, like you are trying. But I'll tell you why it won't work and why it's not enough. And then we'll tell you what does work so that you actually can have some healing and moving forward.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the question that just came to my mind, Sue, is like, in, in a sense of curiosity, is what's behind the trying? And I think that's where a lot of women are feeling something too, where they're like, it again on the outside, it looks really good and healthy, but there's still something not feeling right on the inside. And so, you know, what is behind the trying? I know that's where my brain would go. And I also want to validate what you're saying there too, of how many betrayed partners do have this happening. And then they they gaslight themselves, they discount themselves, their emotions, they minimize, right? Even what they're wanting from the relationship. I shouldn't be making a big deal about this. I should just be grateful for what he is doing because it is different. So this is hard again, I'm saying everything you just said, I know, but it really is tricky. And this is the relational piece. So let's be clear. Like if there hasn't been, I'm going to the healing intimacy pyramid. If there hasn't been that foundational work of truth and honesty restored, safety starting to be restored and trust being rebuilt. And you're doing this and this is happening. That's a whole other different conversation, right? So I think just laying that out there, uh, mainly for my abuse listeners, those key things need to be happening because this is the relational work as you're leaning back in after those things have been in place.
0: I appreciate you saying that because that question you asked of like, what's behind the trying If we still have active lying, manipulation, gaslighting, then most likely the intentions behind it are going to be problematic. Self protection, trying to get you to change, manipulation. But if they really are trying to do the work and they have put some of those foundational pieces or we're working on some of those foundational pieces, then a lot of the time our intentions and Now I'm setting aside the where the safety hasn't been created for those who have had levels of safety, enough safety to look at this. A lot of those intentions I have seen from partners are never black and white. There's usually a lot of pieces. There is still some self-protection because humans are wired to self-protect. That is part of our nature. So there is some of that. There is some of, they do want to help you feel better. Sometimes that goes into a fix-it place. Sometimes that is done with empathy and compassion. They don't want to be in pain. They don't want you to be in pain. They miss you. They miss the relationship. Like there could be a whole host of things and it's never going to be one thing behind why they are trying. But if they are legitimately doing the work, okay, I'm going to say something, Amy's like, I don't know what she can say, that can be triggering. but. If they really are putting in those foundational pieces, it is really hard to assume that their intentions are good. And because you've had so much pain and so much damage, but for real relation work to move forward, at some point, we do have to start making a little space that some of those intentions, maybe even a lot of them, again, I'm not talking to my abuse clients, right? that giving them some of that grace, that some of those assumptions can be good, that they really do care and they really do want to help and they do want to lighten your load and they do want you to heal. Yeah. Along with all the other pieces about themselves.
1: Yeah. And to add to that too, this is where i have encouraged over communication because again, I know there's so many nuances to this. I've also had this come up where he's doing all of these nice things. And then she's like, but I don't ask him to do any of those things. <laughs> so he's, again, picking and choosing what he likes to do and then saying, but I'm doing them for you. But I never really communicated that I want you to do those things for me. So this also is just like a relational piece, I think, in any relationship, compulsivity or not. But so I think that there can be a useful time for over communicating. And this Can be really helpful in this situation as well. What do you what would be beneficial to you? What would feel helpful and communicate clearly what that is? And then I even suggest asking, getting curious. Like I'm noticing, here's Vicky Tibble Palmer. I'm noticing that you're doing this action. What I'm making that mean right now is this. This is a story that my brain's telling me right now. And get curious. This is vulnerable but this is relational and this is where you can actually grow closer together because you're getting curious about each other's motives which builds trust like th- this is what we're trying to do at this point in the relationship so over communicate might be something to consider
0: yeah i completely agree and i think a lot of times the default especially for men just in their social upbringing that the default is i want to do things, like very task-oriented. The male brain is very, what physical, actionable things can I do to accomplish whatever my goal is? And so that is the default of, okay. And a lot of times they don't slow down and think about it. They just go into that default of, okay, how do I fix this? And they start doing all of these tasks. But what happens? Okay, so something happens in the way we communicate. And I'm going to tie it to these actions in just a sec. But when we communicate with somebody, if I am showing up from a very logical place and I'm trying to speak to you with logic, say, Amy, I'm talking to you with logic, and you're in your emotional brain, we're talking with two different parts of our brain. I'm in logic and you're in all emotion. Now, if you come to me in all emotion and you're like feeling sad and hurt and you're trying to share this with me, And I'm just coming back at you with logic. You're not going to feel heard at all. And vice versa. If you come to me, Amy, and you're trying to logically work something out. And all of a sudden I'm spinning in emotion. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you must feel this. And you must feel this. And I'm feeling this. You're not going to feel heard because you're coming to me in logic. So when somebody comes in emotion to feel heard and validated, they have to be met with emotion first. And we can work our way to logic and vice versa if somebody is coming in logic we meet them with logic first and then we can weave in the emotion into it so going back to the default is i'm going to do these tasks while what we have is an emotional pain if we have an emotional rupture we have this massive attachment wound and we're trying to heal these emotions and this emotional wound and these attachment injuries through just doing actions it will never be enough. The way that we heal that wound is going to have to be through the emotional work. And if you've never learned how to do the emotional work before, it's a tall mountain to climb.
1: Absolutely. I think we all can fall into this at times, but you're right. More male gender than not are very performance-based worth and value. And so uh, again, I can easily understand why a lot, Uh, betrayed partners or sorry partners who betrayed who are doing the performance-based actions right and i attaching their worth and value to it and then it's getting rejected why they take that very personally and why it can cause
0: more conflict so i think just can you say that again i don't want them to miss i don't want anyone to miss this because the worth and value is attached to to performance. performance when you aren't seeing or their performance isn't fixing it, that can feel like their worth and value is being attacked.
1: Or if it's not even being acknowledged, then they feel like they're not being, they're not valued. And that's not what the betrayed partner in most cases is really struggling with. It has nothing to do with that. And like we mentioned before, I guarantee most of them are in this internal battle with themselves of like, I do appreciate that. And that is helpful, but something's messy. And it's like what you were saying. It's that it's the emotional piece, the true intimacy. And that's what we're trying to develop in healthy ways. And emotional intimacy is an absolute
0: must. I put this, I told Amy this already, but I put this in a two minute TikTok video because it was just on my mind. And I'm like, okay. And the TikTok literally starts with, I need to do a whole podcast episode around this, but here's what I'm seeing and why it doesn't work. And what is so interesting to me is how many feelings that brought up with people who watched that. And in the comments, there was fighting back and forth. And it, those who struggled with it collectively were men who struggled with, like, why can't she just appreciate it? And they had such a hard time being able to see the deeper level of why this was important. And I just want to say, if you are a man listening, if this is hard to hear, just like I promise you, hang with me because this work can change your marriage and it can change your life. And there are so many benefits to it. And I really think that men have been shortchanged in this way. And this is not asking you as a man to become feminine. It's not asking you to change who you are. It's not asking you to always be communicating 100% all the time in emotion, but it's inviting you to expand to a fuller, healthier you that men and women alike have work to do in this area?
1: Every human, every human does. I know I totally make this statistic up, but I swear 99% of the population do not actually feel their feelings. We avoid, resist, and react. And it doesn't matter, male, female, because it's not ever going to come natural. You are not ever going to get to the place where you have figured this out, which is why so many times we say there's no arrival. You are always going to be growing and nurturing this relationship. So at some point, if you want the kind of healthy intimacy in your relationship, this part needs to be addressed and leaned into. So individually and as a couple (laughs) individually first, and I think that's what came to my mind when you were talking too, is like, this is real healing and recovery individually too. Um, I think when you're having these conversations, it's important to know where you're at. When you were talking about, like, all right, if this person's showing up in logic brain and this person shows up in emotional brain, identify where you're at first, and going back to over communicating, communicate that. Right? Here's how I'm showing up. Here's what I, what I'm feeling. I do like how Vicki Tewol Palmer's um, model invites both here's the facts, more logic, and then here's the emotion behind it. So I think that's why I always use that one. I think it's great to incorporate both, but knowing where you're at and then stating what you need from that person. You know what? I I really appreciate you taking out the trash. Here's what I'm really needing.
0: You know, it's really interesting. And I don't know if this story is going to make our conversation more complex or more confusing, but When my husband and I are not emotionally connected, I get really, really upset and annoyed with what he is or isn't doing around the house. And I have learned because I've learned to do my work and really like pay attention to what's coming up for me. If I've noticed almost without a doubt, if we are really emotionally connected, um, very rarely am I getting upset about his contribution to our household and our kids. If we are emotionally connected, if we aren't emotionally connected, the amount of things that I see and come up for me around what tasks he's doing or not doing becomes really upsetting to me. And now I know like, oh, hey, Alana, this is what's actually happening is you're probably feeling disconnect. And so sometimes it, these things overlap. Like nothing in this world is actually black and white. Everything overlaps with everything. But this is where I've had to really look at what are my needs at any given time and what are the layers and pieces to that. Yeah. And just like the individual work, I have to get clear with myself because I go to my husband, this is if I'm not doing my work and not paying attention and I say, hey, why didn't you do this and this and this and this? But really, for me, deeper underneath is why are we not making time to connect? Yeah. I miss- I, love
1: that, I love that you brought that up because then what can happen is they're going again to that checklist. I'm doing yep. this and this and this and this and this. And then she's
0: not happy. It's not working.
1: What? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So again, knowing yourself very clearly where you're at, what you're really needing, and then communicating that. And look. It isn't a one and done, right? This is what I need today. Tomorrow, the need is going to be different. That isn't, like, that's normal. And the more in tune you are with yourself, the more you actually will see just how cyclical we are in all of these ways. It's just knowing it for yourself and then communicating it.
0: Yeah. So kind of a short one, but hopefully you take some time and just figure out for you what this looks like and where you're at with it. And relational healing is it's more complex because we now have all of your stuff, all of their stuff, all of the stuff that each of you bring and then when we put them together, we have a whole new system and a whole new dynamic. So just lots of patience with yourself and with each other. Again, if we're in the relational place, lots of patience with itself and each other in this work. So as always, Amy and I love having you with us. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next week.
1: Hey everyone. All right. Our lady listeners, if you're finding yourself navigating a separation and or divorce and some of these topics are just not as helpful in your current situation, or you're trying to figure out if you should stay or go, then I want to offer you a resource called the Empowered Divorce Podcast. I do have several episodes dedicated specifically to that question, should I stay or should I go? And also to help those of you navigating a lot of the fears about divorce, because it is on your mind, you are contemplating it, but really a lot of fears are showing up. And so I have some episodes that can help you see a little bit more of what that does look like. And it's called the Empowered Divorce Podcast. So I'm really helping anyone who comes step into their own empowerment and learn how to make conscious choices for you that you really want in your life. Remember, just because you're thinking about it doesn't mean you have to do it. You will hear stories on that podcast of other women who also came from betrayal in their relationships. Sometimes hearing other people's stories can help you own yours. You and you alone will know when and what this looks like for you. But for those who are finding themselves in this shift, check out that resource. For more information to help you navigate your journey, feel free to reach out. We are here to support you in choosing to heal, choosing to recover, and of course, choosing you. Take care, everybody. Are you really wanting and ready to take your healing journey up a notch and learn more about these concepts of awareness, acceptance, and application where you can practice with worksheets and support all week long to help you get unstuck and start to thrive? The Believing In You group coaching membership gives you that opportunity along with two free one-on-one sessions every 12 weeks, access to me in between sessions to coach your brain along the way. There is definitely a time for this level of work and you will know when you're ready. Feel free to reach out to me if you aren't sure if this is the right fit for you at this time. We are all here to help meet you where you are at and assist you in choosing recovery, choosing to heal, and choosing you. Take care, everybody.